Okay, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, pleasure to see you all here during this uh, uh, holiday period. Uh, breakfast today is sponsored by Lisa and Richard Tarzi in honor of their son Samuel's fifth birthday on the 14th of Tevet. We get to see his smiling face in synagogue every single week. What an absolute beautiful boy. You should be zochet to have. Much nachar mim me'ata ve'ad olam. As well, breakfast is also uh, being donated in uh, mem- loving memory of Nathan's grandfather, Nathan Marcus Alava Shalom, Lui Nishmat Natan Ben Rachel, sponsored by Gabby and Nathan Marcus, uh, the grandson or one of the grandsons that carries his name. I do apologize to uh, anyone that was listening on the Devere uh, Torah from afar. Yesterday we were there to, uh, to stand them up from the uh, uh, the from uh, Shiva, and that's why we weren't here. But I, I think maybe perhaps that could be a little bit of the topic uh, of today. And a new king stepped up. He was uh, promoted to being the king of Egypt. That he did not know or recognize Joseph. And I think perhaps that's maybe the first thing that I'd like to mention. Yosef uh, means that he did not know that there was a Jew whose name was Yosef who had saved Egypt, who had brought Egypt to the zenith of power, of sophistication, of wealth, and of influence in that time. So this man who's now trying to imprison the Jews, trying to enslave the Jews, sees the Jews as an issue and as a problem. This man clearly did not know Yosef and was not recognizing the good that that Jewish man had brought to their country. So I thought perhaps maybe a good way to begin was to, uh, to explain that the reason why I was there with them yesterday and not here was because of a debt of gratitude and a hakarat tatov to the Marcus family who's here with us praying all every single day, every single Shabbat, and as well to uh, my dear friend Robert, who, uh, uh, who when I was first coming, always made sure that I was feeling okay, that everything, anything that I needed was taken care of. So a debt of gratitude would mean to be there, Bezrat Hashem, for them when they needed it, uh, when they needed it the most. May Hashem bless the family only with, uh, uh, with Simachot and with Nechama from here on out. Rabotai, that is the traditional understanding of the words that he did not recognize Yosef, he did not have hakaratatov, he did not have uh, gratitude. Gratitude is such an important part of the Jewish persona. However, the Kliyakar brings another interpretation. Yosef doesn't mean that he didn't recognize and appreciate Joseph, but rather, he did not know the story of Joseph. You see, what happened with Joseph? With Yosef, when the brothers heard that he was supposed to become the king of Egypt, what did they do? They decided, you know, we're going to make, we're going to throw this, we're going to get rid of this guy. First they decide they're going to kill him. Then they decide they're going to chuck him in a pit. Then eventually they sell him down. Then he winds up in the jail of Potiphar. Who does he meet in the jail of Potiphar? He meets the royal baker and the royal and the royal uh, 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 butler. The result, the direct result of them trying to not have Yosef rule over them, was that Yosef ruled over them. And through what? Through the actions that they took in order to make sure that they would avoid it, what wound up happening is exactly the thing that they wanted not to happen. How would Yosef have otherwise got a, uh, an audience with Pharaoh? What would have facilitated Par uh, all um, listening to a slave interpret his dreams when he did not find the answer with the wisest of Egyptian men. 
The only thing that made that happen was that he was vanquishing in a prison with two people who were so close to him. And sometimes we get to see the divine hand of providence uh, playing its role in our lives. Says the Pasuk, a new king arose who did not know Yosef, he didn't know the story. He didn't realize that when God has a plan for something, attempting to circumnavigate it or to subvert it or to get around it in any way, shape or form, actually only uh, facilitates God's plan even quicker. Paro says we need to destroy these people. So what happens? He starts to torture them. And like the Pasuk says, as much as they torture them, it's unbelievable. They were giving birth to six children at a time. So this explosive population growth that happened to the Jews in Egypt happened not in spite of Paro, but because of him. So this new king, he did not know the story of Yosef. He did not understand that you can't run away from Paro, from God. Uh, Paro did not understand you cannot run away from God. Now, I want to just kind of supplement this with an unbelievable story that we're all familiar with. The, uh, the Gemara in Shabbat tells us that on page Kuf Yudet, that there was a man whose name was Yosef Mokir Shabbat. He was a poor man, but he spent every penny that he had in honoring the Shabbat, in buying special fish or whatever meat he could in order to celebrate the Shabbat. One day, the, uh, the neighbor of, the, uh, of this man, Yosef Mokir Shabbat, he was a Jewish guy, he's a very cruel and evil fellow. He finds out in a dream that his next door neighbor, this poor Jewish guy, Yosef Mokir Shabbat, Yosef who honored Shabbat, is going to inherit his entire fortune. All of his, uh, his property, all of his uh, oil fields, all of his you know, uh, palaces, everything. And he doesn't know what, is it, what he's supposed to do. You know, he sees that there's, an, that there's this decree from heaven and he says, Khalas, it's never going to happen. He sells everything that he can, every asset that he can, and he goes out and buys you know, what is our version of the Hope Diamond. The biggest diamond, precious stone that he can find. After finding this precious stone, he says, you know, I can't leave it in a bank. Maybe someone's going to break into the bank. I can't leave it at home. Maybe someone's going to break into my home. This stone is going to go with me everywhere. In order to do that, what did he do? He sewed it into his hat and he wore his hat 24-7 wherever he wanted to go. He, walking, he walks one day up on a bridge over the river. A gust of wind comes, blows the hat right off of his head. The guy watches, he can't believe it, it goes into the ocean. And he thinks to himself, you know what? If I had to lose it, at least that Jew is not going to get it either. A fish comes along, swims past this uh, hat, sees the shiny thing in the water, swallows it, very much like, you know, you have the lures that they, you know, they make them very shiny to catch because it mimics the skin, the glinting skin of another fish in the sunlight. The fish swallows this hat. Or maybe the diamond had come loose. That day, or a little while later, they're fishing in the, in the ocean, and these fishermen come across this enormous fish. They catch this fish, they bring it to the marketplace, but it's late on a Friday afternoon. A big fish is very expensive. They think, who's going to buy this fish? It's so late. It's already almost Shabbat. And they remember there's one guy who we can never say no to a fish on Erev Shabbat. Who is it? Yosef Mokit. They, they go and knock on his door. And they say, look, we caught this fish. We know we're not going to sell it. Do you want it for, it's going to be expensive. He counts out whatever money he can. He can't, you know, even though, and I'm sure his wife and kids are looking at him. What do you imagine? We have no money. We don't need another fish for Shabbat. We already have, we already had plans for Shabbat. What is, 
He says, look, it's Shabbat. The Pasuk says, Levu alai v'ani porea. You know, borrow against me and I will pay back. And, uh, and he, got, he cuts open the fish. What does he find? The diamond. So the Sepharim asks, the Etz Yosef asks, you know, why, you know, you want to tell me that Levu alai v'ani porea, you know, borrow against me. Tell me Yosef's story. Why do I need the story of the guy next door? Why is that relevant? Just tell me that every time he bought fish, his, they, you know, he didn't have a lot of money, and then he found the fish with a diamond. Why do we need the backstory? So the Etz Yosef, he says, you know what? Milta agav This is the story. So we told you the surrounding details of the story, even though it's not really relevant to the point of the Gemara, which is that if you spend money on Shabbat, even if you don't have it, you're going to get it back. But why do we need the, the backstory? And uh, uh, the Matuk Me'or, he says something unbelievable. He says, you know why it told you this entire story? Because you need, to realize, you need to realize what's going on here. Normally, if you have a plan to do something, you know, let's say as an example, you want to buy a business. The last thing in the world you go is you tell the person in the business, you know what I'm planning on buying. The guy will start raising the prices, he'll start making sure he has other buyers. If you want to be able to, you know, you, you keep the element of surprise to yourself, you don't tell people your plans. But Boreo Lam, God, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be afraid. He could let you know his plan straight up front. You know, Yosef is going to be the ruler. Yosef, tell all the brothers. All the brothers try to stop him. What happens in the end? Everything winds up leading exactly back to where it was supposed to go. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells the plans of this guy. What does he do? He runs around trying to do everything he can to protect his money from this guy. Now could you imagine how difficult it would have been for this guy to get all of that rechush, uh, uh, to have the wheel of fortune turn his way. He would have had to go travel to Toronto for this and to this place for that and real estate over there and oil fields over there. He would have to run around the whole world. Now it's all localized in one stone it comes directly to his door he doesn't even need to go to the market they brought it to his doorstep this idea says uh, says the said the Sepharim is exactly the point he didn't know the story of Yosef if he would have known the story of Yosef then he wouldn't have been in that scenario and that too was a story of Paro Paro is very afraid because he's also God tells Paro his plan you know who's going to come? Someone's going to come along and save all the Jews. A baby is going to be born. Paro says, that's it, khalas. All the baby boys are yeora tashlichu. Throw them in the river. The Ibn Ezra says, you know why the generation of the Jewish people did not wind up going into Eretz Israel? He says, because they were, they were slaves. They had a slave mentality. The people that entered into Eretz Israel needed to be b'nei chorin. They needed to be free people. Of all the Jews, who was the one Jew that could think like a free man? Who was the one Jew that could stand up to the Egyptian taskmaster? Who was the one Jew that could walk up to Paro unafraid? Only Moshe. Why? Because Moshe did not grow up amongst the Jews. He did not grow up as a slave. He did not grow up tormented. He grew up as a prince. So for him to walk to Paro, no big deal. He'll step up to him, no problem. So it's only Moshe that was capable of doing this. Who created the environment within which Moshe would become the prince of Egypt? He was first the prince, he was raised with all the nobility and with all the self-assurance that, and that comes from being born in the palace. So Paro, in, a, in an attempt to run away from his destiny, actually brings his destiny closer. So often, we kind of see that how our lives are being guided in a certain way and we fight it because we're afraid maybe of the change or where we're being led or we're afraid of the story turning out the way it seems meant to turn out. Don't be like the Melech Asher Yosef that does not know the story of Yosef.
ultimately, the like we say in the Tefillah, God is El Elyon. He's the God on high. He, the height of God is not really relevant. So why do we mention that? And the way I imagine it is if you ever go to one of these marionette shows, you see all these uh, puppets dancing on the stage. But then if you follow the strings, if you follow the line, you actually see, look up, there's someone that's guiding the footsteps and the motions and the actions of each one of these things. And even though one of the puppets looks beautiful and one of the puppets is ugly, it doesn't mean that they can't meet each other in this story where someone is guiding them one to the other. Even if someone is an unlikely hero or an unlikely success in the business world, in, on the stage it looks funny, but when you understand that there's someone moving those lines, if you could just draw your eye away from the stage and up above to the rafters and notice where those lines lead, then you'll know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever He wants comes true and we should be able to, Bezrat Hashem, using that faith, find it within ourselves to chase the things that we really want in this world and we should Bezrat Hashem be to tremendous blessings. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.